Hi, my name is Juliet, and I'm the host for this podcast. I'm studying to be a rabbi, and I'll be ordained by next January. Um, and in Judaism, there's a specific portion or reading, we call it a parsha from the Torah, which is our, the Hebrew Bible, for every week of the year. And as we go through these readings week by week in order, from the beginning of the Torah to the end, from the beginning of the Jewish year to the end, we analyze the stories and we comment on them. Of course, connecting them to real life, to contemporary life, is how these ancient stories come alive, which is one of my great passions as a rabbi. I hope you'll accompany me as I tell these stories of Torah and of my life and the lives of others. And if you miss an episode, you can always go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for coming on this ancient and contemporary journey with me. And you can always visit my website, lenegditamid.us, L-N-E-G-D-I-T-A-M-I-D dot us, to make a donation. Always very much appreciated to support this work and um, also to see what to learn about the other things that I offer like spiritual direction and all the other things that rabbis do check it out please so on to today's topic my people my mountain who are my peeps Bahar I'll be talking about Bahar, about the Parsha called Bahar, which means on the mountain. So if there's one sentence I wish we could all believe in and live by from the Torah, just one, if I could pick out one, it would be, the land does not belong to you, it is mine. And that's God speaking, of course, as usual, and it's repeated several times in this week's Parsha. The book of Leviticus is known for being chock full of laws given over to the Israelite people through Moses on Mount Sinai. Thus, Bahar on the mountain, it's the fifth word I believe, is no exception. Lots of laws. Bahar is all about the laws of Shemitah and Yovel. That's the sabbatical year and the jubilee year. Every seventh and fiftieth year and These are put in place in Torah to allow the land and the people to rest and all possessions. I mean, this is it's a very revolutionary idea. All possessions, including houses and slaves, are to be returned to their original owners or to go free and return to their families, respectively. Of course, I understand why this law has not been followed. It's not only inconvenient. For the farmer, it may not even be possible to accomplish such a feat as saving enough grain, enough other food during the first six years of the cycle to have enough for the seventh year. And if we even think about it now, like, okay, now we have the ability to freeze things, right? (laughs) They didn't have any of that technology back then. But the second part, I mean, I think this is more important. The second part about letting all slaves go free and land and houses return to their original owners. Well, I mean, it's also extremely inconvenient. I mean, what can I say about that? Yes, I'm being sarcastic. For those who hold the wealth and the power, they not only don't want to let it go of it, 
but they actually don't have to because nobody's making them. They're the ones with the power, right? And it made me think about the gun laws in the U.S. You know, this week with the mass shooting in Buffalo. Um, and we have this thing called the filibuster, which was left over from, which is left over from the Jim Crow era. I mean, you need more, even though you have enough, even if you have enough votes, you still need more, I forget what it is. You should look it up if you don't know. I mean, obviously I don't know well enough to explain it here and I looked it up and now I can't remember, but the point is, I put a link to it on my on my blog, but the point is that it prevents laws from going through. It's 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 more control, and um, so what happens is it allows laws that are bad for the majority and for the majority that the majority of lawmakers forget about the people. You know those those laws continue as they are despite the majority wishing to see change. Um, and you can also go to, I recommend going to democracynow.org um, and listening to their, um, their, their, their explanation. They, have, they interview somebody on the filibuster. And we should all go and sign. Yeah, if you look up filibuster, you can go and you can sign a petition to end the filibuster. Um, to change the gun laws because it's crazy, right? I mean, who needs, I want to know, seriously, like who needs a semi-automatic rifle with, I don't know, I think they increased it to, this guy went and made it 10 rounds. Like who needs that? Who, an 18-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old? I don't care how old you are. You don't go hunting with that. The only person, as my husband says, who needs a gun like that is a, a rifle like that is a killer, a person who wants to kill people and put that in the hands of racist people who are who, who are not mentally well or racist people who even are mentally well. Maybe not. I mean, maybe you're never mentally well if you're race, if you're if you're that racist, right? I mean, how can you be? You put that in the hands of a person like that, and this is what's going to happen. And if you don't change the laws, okay, enough. Let me get off my soapbox. The same is true for abortion laws. The filibuster, I I don't know if the filibuster affects abortion laws, but anyway, the majority of of Americans don't want abortion rights overturned. And yet, um, those in power have the power and they don't want to give it away. So I was talking about the land. And of course, so I want to get back to the land. The way we possess and treat our land reflects the way we treat our people and vice versa. Let me say that again. The way we possess and treat our land reflects the way we treat our people and vice versa. The way we treat our people is reflects the way we possess and treat our land it's a general attitude and when it comes to people some people are apparently more important than others um i was listening to this american life i love listening to podcasts um my lying eyes was the was the episode title 
And this one examines different situations in which people refuse or just can't see what's blatantly in front of them. It's a very interesting episode. I like all their episodes, actually. Um, but one is about climate change and the crisis. And um, um, it talks, it, it, they interview a family in Chico, uh, yes, in Chico, California, who were displaced by the fire in paradise. Um, and, um, and they still, they're like, no, we don't believe it. No, that's, that's a lie. There's no climate change. And yet you, all you have to do is look at the statistics and it's very easy to see. And well, our own experiences, <laughs> that's kind of enough <laughs> for me. It's enough. I think everybody, the majority of people understand how we're all being affected. Um, it's going to be 93 degrees tomorrow and it's not even June yet. We're not even at the end of May. And then it's going back to the 70s again. The weather has been crazy everywhere. So not seeing what's happening to the earth and refusing to see that, that's what we're talking about. And also now speaking of people, um, there there was another podcast that I listened to um, um, on, oh no, no, it was the same podcast, sorry. And they talk about Ukrainian versus Latin American refugees at the Mexican border. And I want to say first, let me preface what I'm going to tell you. My heart aches for Ukrainians fleeing for their lives. We're coming on three three months of this war. And I'm happy that so many people have sprung forth with donations for these victims of war and that U.S. borders have opened for them, for the Ukrainians. But my heart also aches for the Latino refugees who've been fleeing war. And we're talking about the drug wars, not just climate refugees, but both for years. And they can't go home. They will be killed. And yet there's less awareness of that. And I've never seen an outpouring of of help for those refugees, uh, sending them diapers and I mean they so this was this this, what they talked about this they went to visit a these a, a Mexican woman who teaches the children who tries to teach the children in this refugee camp where she's been for a really long time where they have very little I mean it's really horrible and um and they're they're children growing up there who are missing out on an education. And so she, as a teacher, is teaching them. And she went to visit with the podcast person. Um, She went to visit the Ukrainian refugee camp and it was a stark difference. Like they had everything. They had so many, for people who were staying for three hours and were being processed to go through to, to cross the border, they had all kinds of supplies the children to entertain themselves and to educate themselves and they had diapers and they had etc etc and in the and in the Mexican in the it, where the Latinos were nothing I mean eventually all that stuff went to them when the refugee camp for the Ukrainians closed down because the Ukrainians were allowed into the United States the laws suddenly changed I don't know what the situation is now that was a couple of weeks ago I have no idea but the point is is it people who look like us more? Is this is this the thing? 
I mean, w- w- what is it that's, you know, that's driving this? Uh, um, yeah, that's my question. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. So if there's anything the Bible and religion are good for today, as I discussed last week, it's to examine ourselves, our beliefs, and to be a reflection. That's what I talked about, reflection of the society we live in today. If not, to reflect the kind of society we aspire to build. And this is an ideal situation where you where you say, okay, all the land and 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 the slaves will go free, go back to their original own owners for the land, and the slaves can go back to their families. They're freed, unlike American slavery, which was generation upon generation. Like you were never free; you were born into slavery. Um, and I mean, that's like that's that's like communism. Let everything go. You know, and to say the land is not yours. It is mine. That's God, right? It doesn't belong to us. If we could have that attitude like Native Americans do, and I'm not idealizing Native American culture, but that's just like there are some positive, there are positive things, a few positive things in the Bible, in the Torah, you know, like every culture has its problems, but every culture has its beauty also. So I'm going to end with um, coming towards the end here, asking this question of how are we blinded, each of us? How is each of us, not just society, not just as a society, but as individuals as well, to the suffering of those who are not like us, thinking about Ukrainians versus Mexicans or or South Americans, or Arabs, or whoever. And this week's Parsha, as throughout the Torah, also has a commandment to welcome and include the stranger as much as our own. It's human nature to care about our own families and communities first. But we're at a time of reckoning, where we're being asked to care about those beyond our own, our own people, our own peeps. You know, we have to care about both. It's as though we're, we're all connected as a, a whole one big world. And we're seeing the effects of our attitudes. We can't escape any of this. The guns, the, the violence, the climate. We can't escape it. There's no place you can go on earth to escape climate change. So I'm going to end with some lyrics from the original Woody Guthrie song, This Land is Your Land, that most of us don't know. And I'm going to sing it. I'm going to try to sing it. I I haven't heard it sung very much, um, these, these parts, so I'm going to probably mess it up. So be patient with me. These are the last three verses. As I went walking, I saw a sign there, and on the sign it said, No trespassing. But on the other side, it didn't say nothing. That side was made for you and me. In the shadow of the steeple, I saw my people by the relief office, by the relief office, 
seen my people, that's the part I don't know, as they stood, as they stood there hungry, I stood there asking, is this land made for you and me? Nobody living can ever stop me as I go walking that freedom highway. Nobody living can ever make me turn back. This land was made for you and me. So, can we continue to expand our definition of my people to you and me? I think the world depends on it. And can we say amen? Thank you for being with me. Thank you for coming. And visit my website, lenegditamit.us. And see you next week. Good Shabbos.